Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Every Thursday, we hook up with the mad scientist, the guru, the lead analyst for SportsGrid of the NFL, the one and only Warren Sharp, my guy from SharpFootballAnalysis.com and at SharpFootball on X. And we are going to break it all down for you today. It's Championship Sunday coming up in the NFC and AFC. It starts at 3 to 6.30 with the Chiefs and Ravens. I'll be calling that one with Marenzi on in-game live all access at 3 East on Sunday, followed by the 6.30 game on in-game primetime uh, it's going to be 6.30 from Santa Clara, Detroit, and San Francisco. Warren, I want to start off, good to see you, first of all, with all of the uh, coaching changes that have been going on. Right now, uh, we're at the point of last night, Harbaugh got the Charger job in L.A. The Panthers today hired uh, David Canales from the uh, Bucks, the O.C., and yesterday, the Bengals got the O.C. Brian Callahan uh, to become the Titans coach. And Vic Fangio got the uh, outs in Miami, ins in Philly, and Shane Waldron went from Seattle to Chicago. Can we go down the list? Why don't you start with your thoughts on Harbaugh going to L.A. to the Chargers? I think it's big news for the Chargers. You know, he came into San Francisco. This team had not had a winning season for eight straight years. His very first year that he went in there, uh, he produced a winning record. He took this team on a deep playoff run to the conference championships. He followed that up the very next year by taking them all the way to the Super Bowl. For three consecutive years, Harbaugh led this team to exceed their win total. So every year, the book was raising the win total, raising the stakes prior to the season, and Harbaugh kept coming in and exceeding those expectations. So, you know, the program that he brings with him, the coaches that he'll have with, on his staff, uh, the, the vision that they'll put in place, I would expect nothing less than a quick turnaround and an aggressive rebuild there to try to get this team refocused after Brandon Staley was there, a defensive-minded coach who struggled to find a good offensive coordinator that it could work with, who struggled to have a good vision with the team, uh, obviously lost his way quite quickly while we had Justin Herbert kind of floundering as a as a premium young quarterback, but wasn't actually getting the results that potentially his talent 
should have delivered. And I know you've had some things to say that the guy doesn't win. I'm interested to see what he now does with Harbaugh. I'm looking forward to that marriage. I'm looking forward to it for a long time. Can you imagine 44 and 19 with the Niners, what he did with them and title games and went to a Super Bowl, lost to his brother, uh, what he did at Michigan, almost 90 wins, three playoffs and a natty. Uh, he got a clean house. And here's another thing. Staley was a defensive coach, my ass. Their defense sucked, okay? Their offense sucked even worse. And their quarterback sucked too. Uh, he's making tons of money and he never wins. At least now he's with a winner, a guy that wins, that knows how to coach quarterbacks. I don't think Staley had any of that in his chops. No, well, the thing about Staley, and I don't know him personally, I do know a number of coaches, I, so I don't really want to say too much, but uh, there are some people that move and, and rise in positions very quickly, and they never really stay for very long because they, they're always looking for something new, and they're always getting promoted. I believe some guys just do a really good job of interviewing. You know, maybe Staley is one of those guys who really interviews really well. Um, it, it's hard for me to imagine that with being paired with the offense that they had, the defense that they had from a talent perspective. I thought there were guys on all sides of the ball there that they should have gotten a lot more out of that than what he was able to bring to the table. So I do believe that the Chargers have a good starting foundation uh, for Harbaugh to work with. And, you know, I expect a lot of changes as well. We welcome our radio affiliates, Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Byline and their affiliates, Deepak holding it down for us in the city by the bay. Uh, I was stunned at the Canales hiring in Carolina, I got to tell you, I said it earlier, I'm not so nice. Like, you got all these friends. I got, I don't need friends, okay? This is just a bad owner making another bad move, and he keeps digging himself an early grave. Uh, he's already, they say, the worst owner in the NFL, and then he hires this guy. Like, this is as bad as his last hire. It's even worse. Yeah, the only thing I could say positively here, because I never really thought Canales was like a, a legitimate contender to land one of these jobs, especially with a lot of other marquee coaches out and about. Um, but the one thing I could say is, look at what he did with Geno Smith when he was in Seattle, right? He took that team. Nobody really thought a lot was going to happen with that offense after they got rid of Russ. And this team with Geno Smith did exceed some expectations offensively. And Geno looked pretty good when he was calling the plays there and directing that offense. And then he goes down to Tampa and gets a little bit out of Baker Mayfield more than what any of us expected. Myself, certainly at the front of that line, I didn't think that we were going to see a season like this out of Baker Mayfield. And you know, not that Baker Mayfield was perfect by any stretch, but he played a lot better than what I was anticipating that he was going to be able to do. Now, did I have some issues with some of the play calling from time to time? Absolutely. Could some of that, though, been from the hot head coach, Todd Bowles, who's a defensive-oriented coach, maybe forcing some of those early down runs when they weren't working. They should have shifted from those a little bit quicker. They should have used play action right out the gates the first snap of the game as opposed to thinking they need to establish a little bit of a running attack to get into play action. Yeah, all of those things are true. But uh, overall, I thought he did a good job in Seattle and then in Tampa. And, you know, let's see, Bryce Young certainly needs a lot of help and positive coaching here in Carolina. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the right guy for the job. I don't have my mind made up right now on that. I am just, I'll just say I'm surprised, but I'll, uh, I'll have to do a little bit more research since that news broke today. And I really wasn't, um, wasn't anticipating he was going to land anywhere. So you'll reserve judgment until you see that he can coach young because I, 
Baker Mayfield's not listening to him. He's already been in gigantic games. He's played as a pro long enough, and he had Mike Evans to throw the ball to. My daughter could hook up with Mike Evans and look good. Don't I've never heard Canales' name once the entire Tampa Bay season that he was the reason that Baker Mayfield was so good this year. Stop. Callahan now gets the job. Uh, you might as well have hired Dirty Harry Callahan, uh, the Titans coaching job. They rushed to hire this guy. I mean, it gets worse by the coach. I'm sorry. Well, there's oftentimes, you know, you get these these teams, they see what another opponent has done to their team, and they want to figure out how they can steal some of that. And certainly the Cincinnati Bengals have, have played well at times uh, against the Tennessee Titans, and they see the system that Joe Burrow was, was utilizing there, and they want a piece of that for themselves. So once again, I mean, they move stark contrast. Mike Vrabel, a defensive-oriented coach, his defense never really was that great, but the defense was his specialty and expertise. Now they're going to an offensive-minded guy. So at least they're not going to have him hired away to be a coordinator somewhere else. They're going to need to establish that toughness on the defense that Tennessee was so known for. And I'm interested to see if they're able to win some of those clutch games when they're expected to lose like Vrabel was able to do pretty frequently. Listen, the, this, the reason the Bengals win is Joe Burrow. He's got Chase. He's got Boyd. He's got Higgins. And then when uh, Burrow went down, how did how did Callahan do then? They didn't make the playoffs, and they didn't uh, – Browning. All Browning did was say, I'm, I should be a starter in the NFL, but he didn't win games. Uh, Fangio gets a job in five minutes. Waldron, I'm sorry. He was average in Seattle. Now they'll have average in Chicago. Congratulations. Back to more. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Ah, the language in between segments from Warren is just deplorable. It really is. I just, I have to like wash off after this guy like just dresses me down with 
just violent cussing. It's unbelievable. And he was just trying to get passionate about the uh, Ravens going into this game with the Chiefs. Marenzi and I doing a game 3 to 6.30 on in-game live on Sunday. Make sure you tune in tell your friends. It's the first game, Warren, and it's at the bank in the Charm City. Uh, it's amazing to me that a lot of people are talking about, like everyone I know, I mean, literally are, are on the Ravens. And they're like laying it. And I'm like, this guy, Mahomes, is the devil. He's Satan himself. 16 of the last 21 games as a dog he's covered and won 15 of them straight up. And when he plays Baltimore, he covers and he wins. Uh, it is amazing to me how dangerous this game is at three and a half. To me, it's the kiss of death. Well, it certainly is a scary proposition. Um, let's start with the Baltimore Ravens and how they looked last week. It obviously didn't start really well, but when I went back and analyzed teams that were in their same predicament, just like the San Francisco 49ers, since we moved to only one team getting the bye, a lot of those teams as well, they get to rest some of their players week 18. So they're really have two weeks off and they're not really sure what to do with these guys during that span. And they tend to come out starting a little bit slow. And sure enough, uh, they end up going three points below their team total in their first playoff game, which is the divisional round. But if they win and go to the conference championship round, they end up scoring three points above their team total in this next round. So that's a six-point swing based on team total and expectations of them from one week to the next. They get lubed up and in a groove. And if you think about it, like the Ravens, they played the Texans. Not only did the Texans win their wild card game, but they also won a de facto playoff game the week before that against the Indianapolis Colts. And that was a team that had to win these games at the end of the season just to make the playoffs. Then they get a wild card game. So they came in really lubed up to that game. Baltimore is a little rusty, got it worked out by the second half, got things back on track. The other thing to note here is that the Kansas City Chiefs defense is actually has the fourth largest swing in expectation for moving at home to on the road. And I don't know that that gets accounted for enough in these lines when they go on the road at times. Uh, based on EPA as well as on a projected point total, their opponents end up scoring significantly more points when the Chiefs defense goes on the road than if the Chiefs defense is playing at home. And that's obviously the situation that we have here is with the Chiefs defense going on the road. Um, I think one of the key elements of this game is is weather. You always have to account for that. It looks like there might be some rain throughout the day in this game. Now, I don't think it's going to necessarily be, at least right now, overly heavy, but it could impact the game a little bit. That's going to make the running of the football even more critical and important. And I think that the Baltimore Ravens here have a decided edge offensively. They're going to be able to run the football because this Chiefs defense really struggles to stop the run. Uh, they've ranked as one of the worst run defenses in the NFL to close the season. They were like a bottom eight run defense throughout the course of the season. Um, and this is one of the most difficult run offenses to go up against because it's very multidimensional. They use heavy personnel. They can come out with two tight ends. They can come out with a fullback. And they obviously have a running quarterback. So it's going to be a challenge for Steve Spagnuolo to get a run defense that struggled and certainly struggled last week as well to come in here and try to stop the run. The Ravens are going to be able to have success running from power because the Chiefs ranked literally 31st in EPA per attempt and 32nd in success rate against runs from power, which the Ravens do at a well above average rate. The Ravens also run counter more than any other team. And this concept, they run it about 20% of the time. Chiefs don't see it all that much. They're dead last in EPA per rush when they do get 
uh, faced with counter runs. So they're going to struggle there. The other thing that the Ravens absolutely must do here offensively, Scott, is they have to come out when they do choose to pass the ball and utilize a lot of play action because the Kansas City Chiefs are really good when they don't face play action, really bad when they do face play action. Last week, the last two games alone, they played in the wild card round, obviously, in their two playoff games. When teams use play action against them on early downs, those quarterbacks, plus 0.3 EPA per attempt, 67% success, and eight yards per attempt. When they did not use play action, minus 0.23 EPA, 33% success, and only 3.7 yards per attempt. So when Lamar drops back, they better be using high rates of play action, crank that play action rate up. The Baltimore Ravens need to incorporate that a little bit more here so they can have some success. The other thing that's going to benefit them, they're going to have success throwing the ball short because that's one area that the Kansas City Chiefs defense, they're elite covering number one wide receivers. They're elite in the perimeter. But if there's any place to attack them, it's on these underneath throws within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. And the Ravens actually have a high rate of not only success when throwing short, but they do so at a reasonably high rate. So some of those short underneath throws could find their mark here against this Chiefs defense. And last point here when the Ravens have the ball, Scott, is that I went back and looked at who the Chiefs have gone up against offensively. And since their Week 10 bye, they have not faced very solid offenses frequently. The games, the offenses that they played that had starting quarterbacks throughout the course of the year, they lost to those offenses, including the Eagles, who have a flawed offense themselves, the Packers, who are an upstart offense, they lost to them, and they lost to the Buffalo Bills, talking during the regular season. Aside from that, they played... The Aiden O'Connell-led Ra uh, Raiders, they went one and one. They beat Bailey Zappi, they beat Easton Stick, and they beat Jake Browning. So they're 0-3 versus starting quarterbacks and 4-1 and versus backup quarterbacks. Other than being able to go into uh, and host the Miami Dolphins, a team from Miami playing in the frigid cold, whose defense was a mess, and offense was banged up a little bit too, and then going into Buffalo and taking on the Buffalo Bills, who's Defense obviously was a mess there as well, and they were down at halftime. So I, I do think that this is going to be a challenge for the Kansas City Chiefs defense, and there are some decided edges for the Baltimore Ravens offense, particularly if they crank up their usage of play action. Well, I mean, uh, let's give them this. They went to Buffalo, and they won. <laughs> and that's all that matters. They won the game. I don't want to hear about anything else. Uh, Buffalo, a lot of people thought Buffalo was going to finally uh, exercise those demons, and they couldn't beat Patrick Mahomes. So the one thing I noticed about the Ravens last week in the game, um, Warren, was, you know, A, how he threw upstairs to likely, and it worked in the end zone. Great catch. So they don't have to worry about it. If Andrews can't go or if he's just in uh, red zone situations, all the better. Uh, if he's not, I'm not worried about it with that likely. He's about it. Secondly, the guy that blew my mind was Bateman. He threw the ball a bunch of times to him, um, whereas it's always Flowers and it's always Andrews. But he was successful uh, throwing it to Bateman, and they also ran the ball effectively. Between him and Edwards, they ran the ball with all kinds of juice. So guys I least expected uh, to catch it or – could likely step up, get up, and finish and make plays for him, and he did. So I don't think they have to worry that much. 
Well, they were a very balanced offense, and because they're so balanced, they can attack on the ground, they can attack through the air. They've got a lot of things at their disposal. The one thing that I wish they did a little bit more of that they struggled with last week, it's not really struggled because it's their decision what to do. Did you notice they seem to get to the line of scrimmage extremely slowly? And I went back and I took pictures on my phone of every single time that they got to the line of scrimmage and snapped that ball less than 10 seconds on the play clock. Most of the time it was in single digits. A lot of the time it was below five seconds. They were getting to the line so late that they didn't have time to like for Lamar to survey the field. It was like, hurry, everybody get down. If you're doing motion quick, let's get the staff off. And they need to get to the line of scrimmage a little bit quicker. They need the play call to come in quicker. And this machine needs to feel a little bit better. Uh, I think Lamar would feel a little bit more comfortable if they start the game just just with a little bit more time of the line of scrimmage to get something accomplished there. They don't have to snap it fast if they don't want to. They just can't be sitting in the huddle and then making everything so rushed at the line. So the uh, Ravens, just so people know, covered 67% of the games, whereas Kansas City covered around 58% of the games. But the one note was, as a dog, uh, the Chiefs are 3-0 and in that situation. So we'll see if they can handle the number in Baltimore. When we come back, we got some of Warren's favorite props for Sunday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is a whole new jungle. This is The Lion's Share, brought to you by BetMGM. I heard that uh, BetMGM's already icing the beer for Big Game 58. You know, you can bet $5 and get 158 instantaneously. How about this? Use the bonus code SG158. SG158, you're good to go. You got to get the app, though. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up. You can get it on iOS or Android or betmgm.com. Open an account. Put five in. Place a bet for five standard odds. 
Once you make the bet, you're going to get 158 in bonus bets instantaneously. You're going to love it. Not only getting 158 bucks, but having the BetMGM app to continue your excellence in betting and using SportsGrid to help you hit bets and all the great shows and hosts. All we do all day is help people make money. So you're good to go at BetMGM.com. Get the app now. Get 158. All you have to do is bet five bucks. All right. Warren Sharp with us, our lead analyst. Your favorite props going into Sunday. Why don't we start with Mr. Kittle? Yeah, I've got a lot. We can only go through a few here, but I I really do like a a few props this weekend that we're not going to be able to get to. But Kittle, I think one of the things I'm going for this week with the props are how many outs can I have? I want to maximize the number of outs that I've got. And so I think even if Brandon Ayuk, uh, sorry, even if uh, Debo Samuel does suit up and play and even play the full number of snaps, that this is a prop that I believe George Kittle is going to hit. It obviously benefits him if Kittle, uh, if Debo Samuel is not playing this entire game uh, or does not play at all. I do think Kittle's probably going, going to have a lot of success for a number of reasons. Number one, uh, he leads the team in receiving touchdowns if Debo Samuel is off the field. He's got four. Nobody else has more than two. They target him at the highest rate of any player when Debo Samuel is off the field, even higher than Brandon Ayuk. So if Debo is out or Debo is limited or Debo plays and gets re-injured or he's not in 100% in snaps, all these things point in the favor of passes going to George Kittle. But if Debo is up and he plays the entire game as to be expected, we still have a defense in the Detroit Lions that is terrible. Bottom 10 defending tight ends. Tight ends have crushed them, and they really haven't faced very many good offenses that utilize a lot of tight ends. In fact, like their, their best tight end that they went up against was Mark Andrews, um, and that was literally the only true number one tight end that they faced except for Cole Komet, if you would consider him that, uh, on the season. So George Kittle, I think, should have a lot of opportunity to have success, and when we get into talking about this 49ers game, we'll talk about the fact that I think the team is going to lean into Brock Purdy. I think they're going to trust Brock Purdy here. Some people disagree. Some people think Purdy stinks because he couldn't play in the rain. I think against a very stout run defense, we might see a few more passing attempts than people would expect because the weather looks to be perfect out there. And this is a great defense to do that against. I think we're going to see some explosives because this Lions team ranks bottom three in yak given up to tight ends on their catches. And so tight ends are going to have a lot of yak here. George Kittle is going to be able to take advantage, break some tackles, have some success in the open field. I think he goes over this number. How about Gibbs? Uh, I think he's the reason the Lions won. I thought at one point, I was doing the game with Marenzi, uh, that they should literally give him the ball on every play. Pass it to him, hand it off to him. He had the 31-yarder. Every time he touched the ball, something big happened. He was their best player, easily. What I like a lot about Gibbs in this matchup is simply the fact, number one, we have lines on this prop, the longest rushing attempt over. We haven't seen that for a little while. They finally posted those numbers here. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of usage here. Number one, tight end Brock Wright went down with an injury. That means I believe the lines are probably going to use slightly less two tight end sets here. And that benefits 
Gibbs because Gibbs is the guy who gets most of his carries actually like I want to say 67 or 87 percent of not 87 67 or 70 percent of his uh, rushing attempts come on three wide receiver sets whereas David Montgomery over 50 percent of his rushing attempts come with less than three wide receivers on the field uh, they like to utilize Gibbs a lot in outside zone which has success against the San Francisco 49ers they rank as a bottom five run defense on the season against outside zone and then in addition the pull lead concept, uh, uh, rushing where they pull the linemen lead block with those guys out on the perimeter runs. Like they, the Lions do that at a very high rate, three times more with Gibbs than with Montgomery. And the vast majority, 85% of those runs from that concept come from three wide receiver sets. And the San Francisco 49ers have given up chunk plays. They actually rank fifth worst in explosive run rate when facing that run concept. The Lions use that at an above average rate. And I think in a game like this, we're going to see that even more because there's a very good chance that they're trailing. There's a very good chance that they're using three wide receiver sets. And they're going to have to get a little bit creative with getting Gibbs to the edge because I think that's where he's going to be the most dangerous. So for all of those reasons, I think there's going to be enough attempts for him to potentially have some success. And these types of run concepts the Niners have struggled against that he tends to get some of these more explosive runs out of. So I like Gibbs' longest rush over. How about the long shot? You're rolling with uh, Fred Warner. Yeah, so this one's a little bit of a fun one. You can find this at some long odds, uh, over 10 to 1. I got it at 12 to 1. Uh, but there are there's a prop out there, will Fred Warner record an interception? The reason why I'm looking at this one is – uh, in Jared Goff's five losses this year, he's thrown at least one interception in four of them. Um, four of his last five interceptions have come when he's been targeting either Sam Laporta or running back out of the backfield. I think Sam Laporta, he's back. He was targeted a ton last week, a lot more than I expected him to be. Uh, but he's not quite 100%. He's close, but he's not quite 100%. And against a guy like Fred Warner, um, that type of thing might matter here. And we could see Warner mashed up in coverage a little bit or him jumping some of these targets that are going to Sam Laporta, where Sam Laporta is a little bit less than 100%. And when you look at what Jared Goff and this Detroit Lions team likes to do, they throw the ball over the middle of the field more than any other team in the NFL. They're very good when doing so. That being said, they're finally going up against a defense in the San Francisco 49ers that ranks top five defending these types of passes. And they've allowed only six touchdowns to 17 interceptions when passes were thrown over the middle of the field. And of those 17 interceptions, our friend Fred Warner has five, has four of those interceptions, four of the 17, the team high. So I think there's a good chance that he could be involved in a lot of these plays that are going over the middle, potentially in coverage to Sam Laporta. And we might be able to see Fred Warner land one of these interceptions. So a smaller bet, they don't take high limits on pay, bets that pay up this much, but I'm looking to place a little bit of a long shot wager on Fred Warner to record an interception. All right, so uh, talking about Kansas City's offense, and when you look at Mahomes, and he's facing the number one defense that allows 16 points a game, he shreds number one defenses. He's faced them several times, like 13 times. He's won nine of them. Uh, his quarterback rating in those games is through the roof. His touchdowns are through the roof. Um, number one defense, this guy just licks his chops. And I'll tell you what, when he dropped back in Buffalo, they never came within five feet of him. And he had all night long to F with them, and he sure did. 
every time Buffalo scored, he went down and scored in like five seconds. I mean, this guy was lighting them up like a Christmas tree. All I know is the bigger the challenge, the better he plays. I don't care what anybody says. This guy goes off. He does. I mean, look, he, he he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Probably will go down as the best of all time when all is said and done. Uh, that being said, some of those offenses that he's had are a little bit better than the offense that he brings to Baltimore in this game. And I think they're going to need to get a lot out of their ground game. And I think that they might have success. We've talked about this before on the show, as well as other sports grid appearances. Like the weakness of this Ravens defense is against the run. And that's going to be hard when Andy Reid, who's a pass-first coach with Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL, says, hey, we need to be handing the ball off a lot to Isaiah Pacheco here in this game. But the reality is that's how they're going to have some success. Um, I think their inside zone and their power, which they utilize some two tight end sets to run that. I think that's going to have success against the Ravens. They just need to lean into it uh, enough because the Ravens do struggle against the run. They're one of the bottom five run defenses, especially since week 10. Um, the other thing that would work against the Ravens, but I don't expect the Chiefs to utilize it, is play action. The Ravens, just like the Chiefs defense, very susceptible to play action because the run defense isn't great. So when they see the threat of a run, they tend to come to that line of scrimmage. The Ravens have some of the biggest splits. Number one against the pass if you don't use play action. Number 19 if you do. But here's the thing, we won't linger on this topic because Patrick Mahomes, out of 48 qualifying quarterbacks with at least 100 passing attempts, he's used play action at the 45th highest rate. Basically, he doesn't use it at all. So probably not going to be able to take advantage of that. What they do need to take advantage of instead is a lot more of their two tight end sets, two tight end, three tight end sets. And here's why. You can pass the ball on the Ravens a lot better if you're using those heavy your personnel groupings that's because the Ravens then counter by putting an extra defender in the box to help slow down the threat of a run and they're very susceptible their pass defense drops from number one if you're trying to pass the ball with three wide receivers all the way down to well below average if you're passing the ball against them using these multi-tight end sets and so the Kansas City Chiefs they do like to pass out of two tight end sets frequently they need to ratchet that up even further in this game and I think that they will have some success when they do that it also provides a little bit more protection for Patrick Mahomes. So there's avenues for the Kansas City Chiefs offense to have success, but they might be a little bit more contrarian than we think of when we think of Patrick Mahomes. I don't see a lot of success. Three wides just go down the field. The Bills defense was substantially more banged up than this Ravens defense is here. A little bit more running, a little bit more passing out of two tight end sets. Yeah, I think you're right. And I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I don't see any problem in handing off to Pacheco. The guy's a savage. He runs like uh, he's angry. He runs physical. I think Gibbs does, too, for Detroit. More physical than anyone ever saw him at Alabama. I love watching Pacheco. He is ruthless. And I think they need to hand it to him as often as they can and try to kill that Ravens run stop because they can't do it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Make sure you get uh, sharpfootballanalysis.com and follow Warren on X at Sharp Football. You won't regret it. Believe me, the Lions 17-4 and against the spread in their last 21 games as a dog of four or more points. It's seven going into this game. The Niners have dominated uh, the recent uh, matchups with the Lions 10-0 and straight up in the last 10 at home against them. 11 and 1 straight up in their last 12 meetings overall. They're 8 and 2 straight up the Niners in their last 10 games, but they're 0 and 6 against the spread in their last 6 games at home and 2 and 4 against the spread in their last 6 overall. Well, here we go. The nightcap in Stonewash denim jeans, Levi's, Santa Clara, Niners and Lions. Why don't we start with what the Niners are going to try to accomplish against that Detroit defense, Warren. I think a lot of people are down on Brock Purdy and, you know, maybe for good reason after what you just saw, you believe what you just saw and you think that this is what this offense is. But I'll tell you, he doesn't play week 18 and play Sam Darnold instead. Then week 19, obviously wildcard weekend, he doesn't play uh, because they had the bye. Then he comes in last week. And in practice, the week leading up to it, they're trying to figure out, should he wear a glove? Should he not wear a glove? He knows he hasn't been good in the rain. Like, I think mentally, all of these things, plus not having played for a little while, it's hard to make excuses for guys. But I'm just staying like it is from, like, playing sports, you and myself. Like, sometimes these things, they get into your head. You're thinking about them. You shouldn't be thinking about them, but you are. He goes in there. He thinks he's going to be wearing a glove, and he's going to have Debo Samuel. And immediately they go to Debo, Debo Samuel fairly frequently on that first drive, and he's wearing a glove. All of a sudden, Debo Samuel's out for the game. Brock Purdy takes his glove off because he doesn't like it, and he's playing in the rain without Debo and the glove. A lot of things are changing there on the fly. He did not look good. His accuracy looked off. He looked very problematic. Um, I, I think they maybe should have lost that game. They certainly could have, but now here they are. They survived that test, and they're back at home after getting all the rust knocked off of them in dry weather. And I think that they're going to be able to come out here and have a lot of success throwing the football. Now, the biggest question in everybody's mind is, what if Debo Samuel's not up there? I understand their win-loss record hasn't been ideal without Debo Samuel. But one thing that I will say is that 
with Debo off the field, Brock Purdy, as you see on the graphic right now, still ranks number one in yards per attempt, number one in success rate. He's tied for number one in EPA per attempt, number one in touchdown rate, and number one in first down rate. He has been extremely efficient playing football without Debo Samuel on the field, whether Debo Samuel is just on the sidelines for a play or whether Debo Samuel is actually injured and missing part of or the entire game. So, I think there was a lot of other factors that were going into some of those games that caused the Niners to lose Then, oh my gosh, we don't have Debo Samuel. The other thing here is that, like I said, they've got all week to prepare a game plan. Here's our game plan if Debo's not there. Here's, here's our game plan if he is. Kyle Shanahan is not planning a game plan against the Green Bay Packers last week expecting, well, what if Debo Samuel gets injured mid-game? Here's what I'll do instead. That That's not even a thought that crosses his mind, whereas now he's got that understanding. This Lions team, they're very good against the run, very bad against the pass. We already talked about it last week, but the 49ers have a surprisingly good deep passing attack, and they utilize it fairly high high, high rates of it um, on early downs. They don't throw the ball real short. They like to throw the ball down the field. So as long as this pass rush isn't getting to Brock Purdy when they do come in here and utilize some play action or some just early down passing concepts, I think they're going to have a lot of success with or without Debo Samuel. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, number one wide receivers have torched, as we saw Mike Evans just do a week ago on the road in uh, Detroit. He's got He torched this defense, and I think that we can expect Brandon Ayuk to have similar success. And as I mentioned before, I think George Kittle is going to have a big day through the air. I think Kyle Shanahan is not going to shy away from utilizing Brock Purdy. I think they're going to be passing the ball fairly frequently in this one, and I think they're going to have success when they do it. Listen, I, I don't deny Ayuk's talented. I don't deny his speed and skill, but – in their game against Green Bay, he spent the entire game getting in arguments and fights and talking Shaq uh, to Packer players, the sideline. His mind was not in that football game. He was such a mess uh, mentally. I'm watching this guy. He got in a fight after every single play. He got into shoving matches, arguing, talking smack, wasting everyone's time. He did nothing in that football game. If he does that against Detroit – and Debo Samuel can't play in this game. They're they're in trouble. He's got to. Well, like, I can assure you. Up. Yeah, as I can assure you, the Lions are going to try to push all those buttons. This is right up Dan Campbell's alley, right? Like he's going to try to push every single button that he can to get this 49ers offense or key players off their game. So if they can, they will. So uh, the Niners, to be honest, uh, Warren, they were not that good at home this year. I gave you staggering numbers of their success against the Lions in their stadium, 10-0. and 0. It doesn't matter when you go 6-3 and three this year at home. And when Baltimore played them on Christmas, they got their ass splattered. And then the Lions have won as many games on the road as the Niners did at home. And the Lions cover like 69% of the games that they played. How can anyone not be licking their chops at that seven? Well, I think that's part of the reason why it's so high, and it's a nice big fat seven right there for basically the entire week uh, for you to lick your chops and feast upon. Um, and we'll see what happens with this number as we get closer to game time and as we see what ends up happening with Debo Samuel from a health status. But the, I, I really do think this game is going to come down to when the Lions have the ball. A lot of people say it's Jared Goff, and sure, if Jared Goff does throw an interception like I'm hoping he does to win my bet, uh, uh, that we are going to see him do that over the middle of the field. But what I will say is that 
the Lions going to need to run the football and have success in doing so. And that's where this game's going to be decided. Their run concepts have had some success against the run defense of the Niners and things that they struggle with. And we talk a little bit about with Jameer Gibbs, with some of these outside zone run types. I think the Lions are going to have some success when they run there. Uh, we're going to need to get some push though, because their center is banged up and they're already without their guard and the replacement guard has been terrible in pass protection. So they need to figure out a way to stay on track ahead of the downs, ahead of the sticks and stay on schedule against the San Francisco 49ers. Because if you have Jared Goff dropping back in obvious passing situations, it is going to be a problem. Um, that could be a problem later on in the game, but I absolutely think they can come out here and run the football a little bit early on in this one and see some success against the Niners. And if the Niners load the box, then you're going to be able to get some play action off of it. But you have to run to the perimeter of this 49ers defense. And I actually think the Lions have a perfect player in Jameer Gibbs to be able to do that. I, I don't think David Montgomery is going to be terrible. He might get fewer touches, but I still think he could also have some success on the ground. If they cannot run the football, though, this team's in for a long day. So I, I think the rushing attack is going to be the key for this one when the Lions have the football. Um, and they have the chance to keep it close. They just have to avoid falling into an early hole with any type of mistakes. Uh, and that's one thing that, you know, Dan Campbell, if he gets aggressive, he sees that he's down. Some of the teams that I've worked with in the past, like when they're underdogs on the road, they're trying to increase the variance of the outcome of this game. Sometimes that means going slower, using more play clock, reducing the volume of plays that are in the game so that there's fewer plays and increasing the variance of each one of those plays. In addition, you have the opportunity to go for it on fourth down, uh, onside kick, fake punts, all these different types of things might be up the sleeve of Dan Campbell in this one just to try to change the momentum or change the field position or give themselves an extra possession. Any of those reasons, I could imagine him doing that. Uh, and then that means this game's going to come down to is one of these odd plays successful or fails because if it fails, it's going to set the Niners up in pretty good field position, most likely. So, um, you know, there's just a lot of variance in the outcome of this game. In my opinion, it's a very difficult game for me to forecast, especially without knowing if Debo Samuel is going to be up or how close he will be to 100%. They're lucky they beat green Bay. I mean, green Bay blew the game. Green Bay Agreed. had that game and let it slip through their fingers and more ways than one. Uh, to the point where they had the lead, to the point where Carlson shanked it, to the point where Love runs and throws across his body to the middle of the field and gets picked off by Greenlaw. Warner terrible. would have picked it off if Greenlaw didn't pick it off. They should have gone down and tied that game and sent it to overtime at the worst. And Detroit, with Gibbs speed, he annihilated Tampa on his own, okay? No one could run with him. And I'll tell you another thing. Montgomery couldn't run the ball, but he could after catches. When they threw to him underneath, he was effective. And so was Reynolds. And it amazes me that they don't throw to Jamison Williams more with his speed. They throw to him twice a game. Meanwhile, the guy, he's a Porsche. And Gibbs is a Ferrari. Zero to 60 in three seconds. Why don't they throw to him more? I like the way they decoyed with Reynolds. I love the floater to raw into the corner. They have so many weapons. I think they can get a lead on San Francisco. Everybody thinks this is some walk in the park for the Niners. They can't get out of their own way. And Purdy does have problems. 
Well, look, I, th I think the reason that they're not throwing to Reynolds or Williams as much is because they love targeting the middle of the field, and most of those targets don't go to those guys in the middle of the field. But in this particular matchup, with the weakness of the 49ers secondary to the perimeter, we may see a little bit more targets there. Now, that's not Jared Goff's strength. Right now, he's most effective throwing the ball in the middle of the field. His highest EPA per attempt is the middle of the field. Uh, but they may have to settle for a better matchup that might not be the most perfect pass from Goff, but the opportunities are there to win to the perimeter and down the field to some of those speedsters or possession receivers that they have. Uh, they certainly got several of them that could make some noise here against this defense. So if they can't run the ball or if they want to work something on play action or if they do fall behind, I certainly expect a fair number of targets to Jameson Williams and, and Josh Reynolds. The Falcons just hired Raheem Morris as their head coach. Oh, wow. So does that mean, and he was the, uh, I think the Rams D coordinator. Does that mean uh, Bill Belichick won't be coaching in the NFL? Man, I don't know what that means for Belichick. Uh, his name hasn't been as hot, hot of an issue, uh, hot of a name recently. But the one thing that I think the Arthur Blank probably was looking at is just to go to a completely different direction um, than what he was dealing with before with Arthur Smith. You know, they went with a defensive-minded coach, defensive-minded guy who can bring in his own offense, but uh, the focus might be on on other things, defense included. Uh, and if you look at some of the other teams in that division. Right. Obviously, the Carolina Panthers went in the offensive minded direction, but you already have Dennis Allen with the Saints. He's a defensive minded coach. They had some success, uh, especially against the Falcons. Then you look at down at Tampa, they have Todd Bowles, a defensive minded coach. And so maybe, you know, you look at the Atlanta Falcons and Arthur Blank, and he sees these defensive guys having a little bit of success in the division. And he wants to go in that direction, especially after, you know, the Arthur Smith tenure did not last uh, very long or, or perform very well. So I could understand why you would want to turn to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the, the, the Falcons need a lot of help, though. They need a quarterback first and foremost. And uh, I mean, I'm curious to see who he brings on as his offensive coordinator. I mean, you got to admit uh, that these names that they're hiring in these jobs uh, frankly, uh, yesterday and today are, are really stunning at the end of the day. Like, it blows my mind, the last three guys that have been hired. Honestly. I think, I, honestly, I question all of them. Well, I think Raheem Morris has, has, has done enough. I think this is, what, his second stint as head coach. So maybe he fares a little bit better than before. I'm sure he's learned a lot uh, over the years that he can apply to this job. But some of the other guys, I definitely agree with you. All right, we'll come back and talk about what I hate more than anything else, referees. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All right, uh, Warren, let's see. Uh, Sean Smith's doing the Kansas City-Baltimore game. Is that right? And and Blakeman, Cleet Blakeman's doing the NFC game. Is that about right? That's correct, yes. And then in the Super Bowl, it's uh, Vinovich, Bill Vinovich. And if you look at the number one team of the four left standing, the Ravens are lovers with Vinovich. Eight and one against the spread with Vinovich. 3-0 and straight up and against the spread as dogs with Vinovich. Most recently, their Christmas blowout win over the Niners in Santa Clara. So the Ravens love Vinovich. If they can get to the Super Bowl, run to the window. He apparently loves them, too. Well, I love incorporating referee analytics into some of the things like trying to leave no stone unturned. It's just one piece of the puzzle as you're betting on these games. The one thing that you should pay attention to in this round of the playoffs, though, what we've seen in the first two rounds, very little offensive holding gets called in this round. Offensive holding penalties are down tremendously, and that's actually going to help a team who tends to hold more frequently offensively, and that would be the Kansas City Chiefs. They get flagged a lot for offensive holding. The fact that referees are calling less offensive holding should benefit them a little bit in their game against the Baltimore Ravens. But um, I, I think overall, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on these officials. Hopefully they just stay out of the way, call a very clean, even game. Uh, and the best team ends up coming through. Uh, hopefully it's not decided by turnovers or injuries or referees. Hopefully it's decided by the men on the field. And I'm really looking forward to this weekend's game. I think we've got two great ones. It's going to be a lot of fun watching them. There's nothing worse then uh, great games being ruined by refs and controlled by refs and about the refs instead of about great players. I want to watch Lamar against Mahomes, and I want to see which one beats the other. I don't want to spend my day talking about refs. I'm going to have another heart attack. I can't have it. Warren, great job as always. Thanks to BetMGM. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll see you soon. Get ready for the football in Vegas. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.